0: Hey everyone, this is Last Jackson with the Detroit Bad Boys podcast. Um, I am not joined by my usual co-host Ben Gulker tonight. Uh, he has some stuff to take care of, and so I'm flying solo tonight. Um, this intro will normally just cover everything we'd be going over, but since I'm flying solo, we're just going to talk about what I want to talk about, and we'll see we'll see where it leads. Um, can't wait to see where this goes. See you guys in a minute. <laughs> Welcome back. I just uh, cut and pasted the intro into Audacity, and uh, thirty seconds later, here we are. So uh, the biggest thing for the Detroit Pistons this week um, was the return of Reggie Jackson. Uh, Reggie was uh, inserted back into the starting lineup against Sacramento, um, and the Pistons went you know three and one this week against they uh, they beat the Kings and the Suns and uh, the Bulls, but they lost uh, a close overtime game to the Rockets. Um, in all four games, I think it was highly beneficial to have Reggie Jackson back in the limited minutes that he did play. Um, what we're, what you're looking for with him on the court is, of course, like the interplay with Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond, and he, and he, just seeing how those three guys uh, inhabit the court together. And you're also seeing if uh, how healthy he looks. Um, that was one thing I was really keeping an eye on. There were quite a few possessions in uh that Suns game especially because it was a it was a back-to-back and so you went to see how he would look on the back-to-back and uh there were definitely a couple possessions that reminded me of last year's reggie jackson where uh at the beginning of this season he said that he felt like there were uh, six guys on defense at times because he just didn't have the burst that he uh that he had when he was coming back from the uh the knee tendonitis last year. Um he definitely settled for some jump shots that I think uh, a perfectly healthy Reggie would be able to get the basket on. Um memorably he got blocked by Ryan Anderson in the Houston Rocket game. And like that if that's not a sign that like he's not quite where you'd want him to be athletically, like I don't know what is. You know, Ryan Anderson not exactly anyone's idea of a of a premier defender. Um with that said, I mean on the whole I think he, he looked pretty good. Um, his skill set obviously lends itself more to uh, the starting lineup, the lineup with Blake and Andre than Ish Smith's. Um, going to the NBA uh, stats and info site, in three games and 29 minutes, uh, Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin, the three-man lineup of Andre Drummond, Blake Griffin, and Reggie Jackson have a 103 offensive rating, which is you know good, not great but a eighty eight point one defensive rating um that will probably go up as that grouping uh plays more, but um you definitely see that um the the offensive rating will probably tick up a little bit too um the the true shooting percentage is under fifty for that lineup and so i I wouldn't expect that to hold either, so I think that lineup definitely has uh, a lot of potential offensively um and a lot of regression in the future defensively but you know regression from a really high point so we'll see how that goes um the other thing i think that was important to look at just just curiosity's sake just to keep an eye on is the three man grouping of uh Luke Kennard, Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond uh Luke had himself a really good week um Keith Langois Langlois with the uh, with the piston site hyped him a little bit uh, after the Rockets game saying he was uh, he was Fighting Harden, James Harden, MVB candidate, you know, uh, 60 point monster to a draw. I don't quite think, uh, I don't quite think that was, that was the case, but he did play, um, a relatively effective game from inside the arc, which is something I think we've been waiting to see from Luke. Um, and I can't wait to see how, uh, how Luke looks next year with, uh, with more confidence and you know a full off season to work on his ball handling and everything but uh going back to that three man lineup of he Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond in in 91 minutes this season that lineup has a one, uh, 111 offensive rating and a 103 defensive rating like that feels sustainable um Luke himself is not like a great individual uh one on one defender which is why it's kind of laughable that you know to say he's fighting James Harden to a draw but uh He executes the uh, team scheme defensively really well. He's a much better rebounder than I think anyone expected him to ever be. And, um, you know, he spaces the floor and he does. He moves the ball and uh, he moves well without the ball. And so he's a really good uh, cog in a a well-oiled offensive machine. And so having him on the floor with those guys and having it working, I I can't wait to see how that goes uh, in the future. So, you know, that's a little bit of a lineup news. That's a little bit of where the, the Pistons are at. Um, going into next week. Um as far as the uh the standings go, the uh the Pistons are currently what? 32 and 39, I believe. Oh, uh, my mistake. They're 33 and 40. So I was close. The uh they are currently 6 games back of the Milwaukee Bucks who just uh picked up a relatively uh uninspiring win over the San Antonio Spurs. They blew uh, they almost blew a 10-point lead with like five minutes to go. Uh, San Antonio didn't call timeout to run a set play at the end of the game, and uh, it cost them a chance at overtime. It's pretty frustrating from a Pistons fan perspective. Um, that said, I think the Pistons' magic number is somewhere like four or three. I think it's four, three, or four. Um, and so the the playoff odds for the Pistons are minuscule right now. Um, but you know, I'm gonna hold out hope, just like uh, just like everyone else. But I do think that when this team doesn't make the playoffs, um, it's heavily rumored that, that changes will be afoot. Uh, speaking of those changes, uh, earlier this week we had a report from Mark Stein that uh, Chauncey Billups had been uh, reached out to, I believe, for, uh, for a front office position within the Pistons organization. Um, fought what followed were a string of uh, pretty vehement demi- denials from uh, Chauncey himself on the jump, um, a high-level platinum equity uh, front office individual from Vince Ellis who just called the uh, the allegations straight up false. Um, I've said this. I said this on the uh, Inside the Cylinder podcast with uh, David Fernandez and and Jamie Delancey. Uh, you know, two guys who uh, have been on this podcast, and you should definitely check out the Inside the Cylinder podcast if you get a chance. But um, yeah, the if. I'm not a huge fan of Chauncey Billups uh, GM. I think that uh, if what the Pistons really need is someone who can uh, navigate the the treacherous waters of the salary cap, I feel like that's going to be really important coming up with, uh, of course, Blake Griffin's uh, ever-expanding deal and Andre Drummond's uh, max contract. And just the, uh, I think the, the main criticism you have of the, uh, the, financial planning of the Stan Van Gundy era was overspending on guys in free agency and not really uh, navigating the 2016 cap jump as well as, uh, well, they didn't do it as well as anybody else in the league, I'll say that. Uh, No one really handled that situation well. But that's kind of hamstringing their their future flexibility. And so um, throwing a guy like Chauncey, a guy who uh, has no prior front office experience, who uh, is a former player and not necessarily uh, versed in the minutiae of the NBA salary cap. I don't want to say, uh, he can't learn it or he's incapable because that's obviously not true, but that's uh, not his specialty. I think that's fair to say he's not his specialty. And so, uh, I think that's something that's going to be a really important uh, inflection point for the Pistons moving forward. And so if Stan is let go, if there's a new uh, president of basketball operations and general manager in place, I think uh, I would prefer those individuals to have uh, a vast and uh, intricate knowledge of the NBA salary cap because that's going to be really important to the Pistons moving forward. Um, like I also said on the Inside the Cylinder podcast, um, it's really difficult to believe that if, if Chauncey Billups, his name wasn't, wasn't Chauncey Billups, that uh, he would be a can- candidate for this job. Um, he has no prior front office experience. He's a... Uh, Right now, he's a TV personality and uh, and a former Pistons great, but uh, you know, wh- what other qualifications does he really have? I, I, and I hate saying that about Chauncey because obviously he was such a, a vital part of uh, a very vibrant part of this of the Detroit Pistons' history not too long ago. But that said, uh, that past performance does not indicate future results especially when the jobs are very very different um you know with all that said I think uh if the Pistons could obviously do much worse than hiring Chauncey he's a very intelligent basketball mind but I don't know I would just like to see him get some experience in uh in another front office as maybe like an assistant GM or something just you know something other than a TV job would just make me feel so much better about uh, where he and uh, whatever staff he would bring along with him, how they would fare in a in a general manager position. Um, understandably, there are a lot of people who are excited about bringing back uh, Pistons great Chauncey Billups into the front office. Uh, this is where I wish Ben was on the podcast because he was uh, he was one of those individuals um, when the uh, when the news first hit, and I was copying the uh the slack chat our internal slack chat um he was one of the people who was like you know this is cool i'd be i'd be cool with that so i you know if uh if you guys you know want to uh, expound upon the virtues of chauncey billups uh on twitter like go for it uh, you know i'm i'm interested in seeing what people think about uh chauncey's you know potential as a gm candidate you know, with all that said, that's really the two biggest things. The Pistons went 3-1, and or the, the three biggest things, I guess. The Pistons went 3-1 and to keep their meager playoff hopes alive. Uh, Reggie Jackson came back and didn't look uh, like a shell of himself, thankfully. And that uh, the hot water is, uh, the temperature is going up on the water surrounding Stan Van Gundy. That's really the three biggest things uh, this week. I mean, that said, uh, there's still some stuff I would like to see before the, the end of the year. Um... With regards to like how the Pistons are doing on court, um, Stanley Johnson was uh, he had a I believe a groin strain against the uh, Chicago Bulls and so he didn't play the second half. So that kind of puts a, a nail in what uh, I'm looking to see. Point number one, which is that I want to see more Canard, uh, Stanley, Blake, and Dre minutes. Um, obviously, with the return of Reggie. You know, I would hope the, we could see some lineups for, uh, with, with all five of those guys. Reggie, Luke, Stanley, um, Blake, and Dre. I don't think that'll be your starting lineup, but I think that's maybe your... I think that's hopefully... If Stanley can ever get to a, a place where he's a, a league average three-point shooter, I think that's your best, your most balanced uh, lineup, five-man group. I think that um, Luke is ready to start. uh is, he's after the, after this year I think he's ready to start he's he's worked through some of his prior issues where he wasn't uh, aggressive enough while hunting for a shot and I think that uh, he still occasionally like looks to defer to the other guys in the court but uh, as he you know gets more experience in the league and as he gains more confidence in uh, in his shot creation I think he'll be a really really integral part of what this team can do on offense and you know, obviously surrounding, we saw what happened when we surrounded uh, Blake at the Blake and Andre Drummond front court with, you know, not enough shooting. And uh, Reggie's a good shooter. Luke is an extremely good shooter. And if you can get Stanley to league average, I think that's uh, the best balance of like defense and offense uh, around those two guys, which is what you have to look at moving forward because uh, the likelihood that is very high that both of those guys are on your team for the foreseeable future. Um, the next thing I was really interested in seeing was, uh, was Ish Smith taking, and, you know, sometimes even, even making, uh, threes. I know Ish has, that's really the biggest hole in Ish Smith's game is that he, uh, refuses to shoot from the perimeter. And that was the one, that was one of the things that was, uh, really frustrating with him as a starter. Um, was that uh, teams would not really guard him on the perimeter and, and how that cramped everything, especially for Blake Griffin and Andre Drummond. And so uh, you know, right now he's at 31.5% from three for the year. Um, since the Blake Griffin trade, he has hoisted more threes, and you can like definitely see that in the games. He's, um, he's trying more, and I think that's a really good uh, expansion of his game. Um, honestly, otherwise, I was going to start advocating trading-ish in the off-season, and, th- and I think that's still uh, a great possibility because yeah, it appears clear that you can no longer rely on uh, Reggie Jackson's health for 82 games. And so, um, when you have, so if you're preparing for that eventuality, you need someone who can uh, step in and be a long-term starter for the team. Um, when Reggie goes down and it's, I think we saw this year that Ishmith um, can't be that guy. Not that Ishmith is uh, extremely valuable as a backup point guard, but um, as a, as a change of pace, as a, as a, as a I think I'm, I'm thinking more of him as like a bullpen guy, right? Like asking him to, you know, go hard for uh, an inning and a third to get, you know, foul four or five outs. Like that's a lot different than like trying to get him to like choose six innings right like it's a different skill set it's a different uh, level of endurance right and so um his game is actually looked really elevated this past week coming off the bench um even though reggie bill reggie jackson isn't playing heavy minutes just uh seeing ish like finally get back to the rim and like get out in transition and and you know not necessarily like worry about conserving energy or or running the offense as much. Uh I think that was that was really good to see from him. Um but it also shows that like he just for whatever reason he just doesn't have that mentality when he starts and and so yeah. Um I I think ish it, being willing to take more threes is a good thing. Um I think as he begins to take more of them and works on it in the offseason he'll begin to make more of them. But at the same time, I think uh, if you can find a a good trade partner or if you can find an upgraded backup point guard, I think that's something the Pistons should still be interested in uh, this offseason. Speaking of uh, trading backup point guards, um, once the Pistons are eliminated, I expect to see a little bit more Langston Galloway. Um, Obviously, Langston has been a a pain point for Pistons fans, Uh, his contract free agent deal uh, causing the pistons to to hard cap themselves on on day 1 of free agency i think um while not like a super well that's not that's not the, like the most damaging thing in the world if the pistons like weren't going to sign any more free agents which it looks like they weren't um just the 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 lack of foresight or the the apparent lack of foresight um the ostensible lack of foresight um such a move like that uh, pertain to was was i think frustrating for a lot of pistons fans and then you know um it didn't it showed a, a lot poor planning because langston is not in the rotation right um he was uh, allegedly signed to be reggie jackson insurance and and yet stan van Gundy doesn't really trust him to play backup point guard um when when reggie went down and so like at that point he's a he's a superfluous shooting guard on the team with uh, with Luke Kennard and Reggie Bullock, and so, I think that uh, he doesn't make that much money. He makes under the mid level exception. I think if you uh, if you are wait, if you are patient and, and wait out free agency, I think you can definitely find a, a trade partner for Langston Galloway. I think that uh, despite him making you know less than the mid level, he makes just like a little too much to be a, a core part of, of this Pistons team moving forward. I think, uh, trading him will, will help the Pistons, uh, evade the luxury tax in the, in the coming years. And I think that's something they're very much looking into. And so, uh, I would not be surprised if Langston Galloway wasn't a Piston next season. Um, and so in order to do that though, I think they need to showcase him down the stretch of, uh, of the season. And so I wouldn't be surprised if we started seeing more Langston Galloway. Um, uh, as speaking of guys who should uh, see more playing time, um, I also think that when the uh, I'm looking forward to seeing uh, Henry Ellenson play when the uh, the Pistons are, I presume that when Stan's like officially eliminated from from the playoffs, we'll start seeing more of these guys. Um, Ellenson is obviously like a first round draft choice. Uh, I said on the Inside the Cylinder podcast that I don't ever think he'll be uh, an NBA quality defender but he's still only 21 years old. Uh, he still has a very desirable skill set for a uh, a guy of his of his size and he also has a very high you know skill floor for a guy of his size. He, he can put the ball on the floor and drive. Uh, he can he can allegedly uh, make, make shoot at an NBA 3 level even though he hasn't really shown it uh to this point in his career. I think this year is this this year has been really disappointing. Uh, for Henry just because uh, Stan hyped him up at the beginning of the year he was, he was seeing back up four minutes at the beginning of the year and you know he slowly lost, uh, seeded those minutes to Anthony Tolliver I think quite fairly um, and not, not necessarily like wasting a first round pick but uh, having uh, that first round pick could potentially be um, another player another wing, maybe another, another point guard, um, instead of a guy who, uh, who can't beat out uh, uh journeyman, Anthony Tolliver. I think that's pretty frustrating for a lot of Pistons fans, but I also think it's a little too early to give up on Henry Ellenson. Um, this is where I invoke like the spirit of, of Spencer Dinwiddie, right? I, it's, uh, I thought it was perfectly fair to give up on Spencer after uh, his time in Detroit. And then you, you look and see the, the potential of what he's become in Brooklyn. And you say, like, oh, okay, well, it did, it just I'm happy for him, but it just didn't look like that was going to happen in Detroit. And so you can be fearful of a very similar uh, position if the Pistons were to uh, let Henry Ellenson go. Um, he's, someone would be willing to to find him and, and unlock the, the hidden potential within him. And that would be you know even more frustrating. Uh, As a Pistons fan, just an inability to to develop that kind of talent, I think, is would be telling and very telling of the uh, Stan Van Gundy front office uh, administration. And so, you know, I'm not advocating letting him go, but I am uh, advocating once they're eliminated. And I expect and I advocate for that uh, he see more minutes, just he get more he get more run, you know, just I don't think he'll he still looks like a, a wacky. Uh, wavy inflatable tube man on defense a lot of the time just like rushing not knowing where to be and you know being half step behind the play and you know not athletic enough really to to make up that half step and then uh, getting it you know getting uh, flailing about on the perimeter just trying to catch up to shooters and everything I don't ever again I don't ever think he'll be an NBA level defender but um, you still got to see what the kids got right and so yeah that's pretty much uh the big topics of what what's going on uh in pistons land um i'm holding out hope for the playoffs i i fully expect and understand that uh, other people are not doing the same and you know i respect that you know you're more realistic and you're more uh <laughs> you're more optimistic and realistic i think than me um my my uh my pessimism is starting to take over but uh you know once the pistons are eliminated from the playoffs and then the the playoffs will start. That leaves uh, me and this podcast uh, in a really weird position. And so uh, I'm, you know, reaching out to you guys. I want to know like what you guys want to hear about and uh, and talk about during this off season. Um, do you want to hear guests of other playoff teams? I've had some guests from other Eastern Conference teams on in the past. Um, the reception to those has been mixed. I think some people really enjoy just like good, solid NBA conversation. Uh, some people just really want to, to bore down and focus on, uh, Trey Pistons talk only. And I respect that. I respect both sides. Actually, I'm just trying to learn and talk to people about basketball, you know? And so, um, so, you know, just hit me up on Twitter or let me know what your, what your thoughts on and what you want to cover during the off season. Um, Do you want to hear about draft talk do you want to do you want us to kind of go deeper on some some guys the Pistons could take in the second round um I'm you know I'm not I haven't really done my draft research yet Uh, I think I'll start that once the once the season ends but uh is that something that you guys would be interested in uh if so like you know same thing let me know and then uh if the the Pistons don't have any I have any cap space obviously but um free agency is definitely like a that's a really big deal within the nba and so like would you be interested in you know some podcast that went over the the recent signings and analysis of uh, of other teams free agency uh signings again this is a uh, this is one of those things where it's like do you want to hear about the nba as a whole or do you do you just want to hear about uh the pistons place in that nba um during the offseason Uh, The reason I'm asking is because, uh, you know, with with no playoffs and with no first round pick, uh, it does look like it'll be a really quiet uh, offseason, relying on a a lot of uh, internal development for the Detroit Pistons. Um, Obviously, if there's a front office shakeup, like we'll cover that on the site and we'll talk about that on this podcast. Um, And I'm sure we can we uh, we can milk some content out of that. But um, I'm just curious about what where you guys want this podcast uh, to go. So you know, of course, the the best way to hit me up is on Twitter at Last Chance. That's at L A Z C H A N C E. Um, you can also you know you can also email me. My email uh, is in my Twitter bio. But uh, for the sake of people who don't want to look at my Twitter, my email is uh, last chance MSU, that's LazChanceMSU. That's L A that's L A Z C H A N C E M S U, as in Michigan State University where I went to school. Uh, at gmail.com. Um, you, you know, just make sure you put like DBB pod in the subject line so that I don't just like think you're spam and delete you immediately. But like, I'm, I'm curious to, to hear what you guys want to want to hear about during this off season. Um, yeah, hit me up. So, okay. This has been the solo podcast, the solo Detroit bad boys podcast. Um, I thought it went really rather well, um, talking, uh, talking for a while is not is not one of my strong suits i'm more of a i'm more i like to ask questions rather than just talk but uh you know i think this is something i'm trying to expand and do more of and i'm trying to to fly solo more often so i want to thank you guys for for bearing with me as i kind of stumble around and figure out what works for me and what works for you um as always, you should uh, follow DetroitBadBoys.com, the best place the uh, internet for Pistons news and analysis this season. Uh, you should follow my co-host Ben Gulker on Twitter, at B-R Gulker, at I um, I'm your host, Lazarus Jackson, and uh, we will see you guys next week. <laughs>